0: And welcome to episode 38 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. And today we have a very special guest that we'll introduce shortly here. How's everything going on today, boys?
1: What's going on, fellas? Glad to be back in the Raj. We are back in person. Thank you, our friends down south, for the vaccines about fucking time. I think I said that last week, but it's nice to be back in person looking at you two ugly mugs and uh we got a handsome devil joining us this week
2: there we Holy do shit. oh it's great to be back thank you dougie for opening things up pal um yeah great to be back together guys uh looking forward to today it's going to be a pretty fun one one we uh, knew
0: for all of us so we're looking forward to this one let's get her going yeah so today we're doing something different we wanted to kind of break things up again uh, and we don't we're not actually going to do a movie this week. We got a couple teachers on the board and I know they got some tough marking going on. So we decided to take a break from from our usual uh, setup and we're going to bring on a very special guest today. And this is our first time that we brought on a guest and we're bringing on uh, Canadian Olympic silver medalist Robbie Gibson from right here in Kingston, Ontario. How are you today, Robbie? How are you feeling?
3: I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. this is a, this is a real pleasure
0: yeah this is great so we're really excited to do this, this is kind of a new a new thing for us we, i think it's gonna be a good one today but before we jump into uh our interview with uh, robbie we're gonna do what we always do which is we're gonna kick off with a nice cold beer and today uh we've got we've got a nice one on tap here so uh without further ado let's get into our brew review
1: Ice cold beer! Ice cold yeah?
0: So what are we drinking today, Webb?
1: Well, boys, inspired by our guest of honor here today, we're going with our friends. Uh, we're going back to our friends at Lake of Bays up in Huntsville, and we're going to join a, or del- enjoy a delicious uh, pint of their session ale, this Paddle On. So from the roof rack, the kayak, the art of paddling, paddling is embedded in the nation's past and present That's why we're celebrating Canadian canoe culture with Paddle On Session IPA. In partnership with Algonquin Outfitters, brewer Brewer Andrew Walsh has devised a recipe that's as balanced as their untippable canoe. Paddle On offers a tart twist on a dry session IPA. Whatever floats your boat, paddle on all summer long. An easy drinking, light-bodied session IPA that is smooth as the stroke of a paddle. Clean and crisp with a hint of lemon and citrus hop on the nose. It's the ultimate refresher at the end of your voyage. And at 4.5%, it goes down pretty smooth. So be sure to check them out at lakeofbaysbrewing.ca and give them a follow on all their social media networks. And as always, Big League Flicks please, reminds you to please enjoy responsibly and always ensure you have a safe ride home. Cheers, boys. Cheers, guys. Check this
0: baby out. do not you kick us off here, JR?
2: Oh, that's really good, boys. That tastes like 10. That's what that one tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lake of Bay's, I was before we recorded, it never usually lets us down. We were all saying that. We're like, this one always comes through, and this is a very, very refreshing summertime beer. Like we've talked about before, uh, you know, got you guys know I like them under five if I can for the summertime, yeah, because I like to enjoy them
0: icy cold. So great can, great beer, great company. Thank you very much for this one. That's a tasty one. I do like this one. It's uh, it's easy drinking, and like you said, Jr., it's a four point five. Um, you know, not overwhelming on the hops, but it has a nice multi flavor. It's a good, smooth session IPA. I like it. This is a good one. What do you got, Webb?
1: I was going to defer to our guests because, you know, That's... I'm gentlemanly like that. I'm, like, <laughs> and yeah. you, Cretans.
0: Fuck. Well, you, uh... like, you like to come back because if you're going to drop the hammer on anyone. Wow, yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Robbie? What do you like of this I'm beer? I'm
3: always a big fan of any member of the, uh, the Light family of beers. Uh, this one is like the older cousin. Uh, it's got yeah. a little facial hair to it, but I like it. And... Uh, on top of that, the artwork is exceptional. The paddles there—I don't know really what's going on, but uh, what I'm kind newer... of paddle
0: is that, Robbie? Is that a special oh, kind of paddle? You're not rocking those in the Olympics. There's are a couple you?
3: different paddles there. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not rowing oars. They would be some sort of—I don't know—weekend warrior canoe paddle. Canoe canoe paddle. paddle. That's, That's a weekend warrior. It's a weekend warrior paddle. paddle. Which is fitting for this group
0: Yeah (laughs) There you go
1: (laughs) Okay here we go I'll give it the second sip
0: Second sip You know the deal eh (laughs) Cutting JR's grass this week
1: That is pretty tasty I do like the citrusness It's flavorful I don't think I've had a bad beer From Lake of Bays, And this is continuing the trend So uh, I'd I'd enjoy the pint of this one again For sure
0: Absolutely. Absolutely Well as we mentioned this week We're doing something a little different And we're bringing on a very special guest. So today we're honored to be joined by Canadian Olympic uh, rower, uh, rowing silver medalist, and University of uh, Washington alum Robbie Gibson, right from right here in Kingston, Ontario. So Gibson first competed internationally at the 2004 World Junior Championships, where he captured bronze in the coxed four. Did I pronounce that right? That's correct. Coxed four. He also won two World Under-23 Championship medals taking gold and silver in the eight in 2006 and 2008 respectively for winning that under 23 world title he and his teammates will crothers and max lang were honored with the rowing canada's international achievement award after being an alternate for the gold medal winning men's eight at the beijing 2008 olympics gibson was in the big boat four years later when canada won silver at london in 2012 gibson has competed at eight senior world championships winning three medals highlighted by silver and bronze in the eight in 2009 and 2011 respectively while at the University of Washington Gibson enjoyed an undefeated season in the eight as a junior winning the Pac-10 and intercollegiate rowing Association championships Gibson won the national title in the and the single skull in 2014 a memorable moment for a rower who never considered himself a scholar he stuck with sculling in 2015 Winning gold in the quad and s- and silver in the single at the Pan Am Games in Toronto, he's also won a pair of World Cup medals with the quad skulls taking bronze in 2015 and silver in 2016. Geez, I can't even like breathe after reading that. Ooh. That's a lot of hardware, and what an amazing, uh, yeah. what a, like that's, incredible. That's, that's quite th- the intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. <laughs> My lungs are hurting after that one. That that's un unbelievable unbelievable the 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 accomplishments you've done and 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 achieved this is pretty awesome so welcome robbie welcome to the podcast i
3: I really appreciate it this is uh this is a lot of fun so far and uh
0: just happy to be here and uh, that
3: brought that brought back a lot of memories
0: actually (laughs) so thank you tell us about your journey and how did how did you initially get into rowing
3: yeah no that's kind of like the uh, it's a common question um and it's kind of the same answer every single time i uh i get it so I in high school I was a uh, bit of a you know house league hockey player got into football really enjoyed football got into basketball wasn't much of a basketball player but I enjoyed being part of the team and everything and uh then a good buddy of mine who we were just actually talking about John Paul Morgenstern, uh started up the the regie rowing team in it was 2000 the spring of 2002 and he asked me to join it or try out for it rather and I had never heard of rowing. I didn't know what rowing was, nor did probably anybody else he had asked that day. But nonetheless, we went down, and um, we all had a crack at it. Enough guys stuck around to form an eight. So there's eight, you know, eight nine of us. There's one guy. There was always one extra guy floating around. And um, you know it only lasted for a few weeks back then. We were late to the start that season. Didn't think much of it until grade 11, rolled around, and uh, tried out again. And there was maybe four or five of us that year. And um, stuck with it, enjoyed it. Then one of the coaches at the club came up to me and he said, you know, you've kind of got the, the skills and they got the body type to go far in the sport, so why don't you stick around for club rowing? I did. Things progressed through that summer. I found myself enjoying it more. I got, you know, things were escalating pretty quick. And then he approached me again and he said, you know, if you really want to take this to the next level, I think you should consider transferring high schools to KCVI. Um, of course, I didn't want to. I wanted to continue playing football for Rigi in the fall. I thought we were going to be, you know – City champs and all that. So I stuck around at Rigi for the first semester, played football. We did not win the championship that year, but then I transferred over to Casey in the winter for second semester, and then things really took off for throwing. um, Went undefeated that year with my partner, Will Crothers, won a national indoor championships, and then we went undefeated and won the Canadian indoor championships, which led to the Junior World Championship team, and then ultimately a scholarship to go to school in the States at the University of Washington. So it all happened very fast. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. It was kind of one step at a time, but um it all kind of worked out in the end. so
0: so cool like what was it like like at what point did you know, okay like i can I can actually get my school paid for by doing this like this is gonna lead to something bigger.
3: A lot of rowers um you know if they' if they're putting out the right numbers they they go on quite a few recruiting trips in their uh, in their grade 12 their senior year. I only went on one and it was because I actually contacted the school to act, to inquire about how to go about getting a scholarship and I told them my numbers and then the coach got back to me the next day. He said, "Why don't you come out this weekend for a trip?" And then that's when I knew that things were actually legitimate. So I flew out that weekend, went out to Seattle on the spot they offered me a scholarship quick. and then all of a sudden life was changed. <laughs> it, it happened in a, in, a, in a heartbeat. It really did in a lot of ways. and um, I mean, I, I was awesome. late to the sport. I didn't, I didn't have much at the time. I didn't have many um, accolades or results for that matter, but I had some good indoor ERG score numbers, and I think that's what kind of propelled me to getting a scholarship. So
0: That's cool.
1: Like, you, you're, you're this generation, Steve Nash. You're the Steve Nash yeah. of growing. Like you, Absolutely. You, you went and made a, a name for yourself by putting yourself Victoria in Victoria's your, Secret. There you go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so cool. cool. Yeah, I never thought of
3: that. Yeah.
2: So, Rob, when you got on to the campus of UW, yeah. some of the first reactions that oh, you man. had about On my that. recruiting
3: trip, I remember just being blown away. I got hooked up with um, one of the coolest guys ever, my buddy Scott Schmidt. He was second, second year at the time, maybe third year, I forget. And uh, anyways, he took me around campus, gave me a tour in his car, and it was springtime. It was like the third weekend of May, so it was really late in the year to be doing this. And it's you know the month of May in Seattle is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, they've just mm-hmm. come off, you know, 100 months of wind, of rain, you know, right. and everyone's yeah. happy. The sun's out. The flowers are out. And I went up and down Greek Row, and people were jumping out around on trampolines, and the campus was just alive and electric, and I kind of knew that's where I wanted to be. Not only that, uh, Seattle, its proximity to Victoria, where the men's national team trains, was a huge pull for me. It's just a 90-minute ferry ride or maybe two-and-a-half-hour ferry ride, depending on what ferry you take. And I kind of knew that in the long game, that's where I wanted to be. So I knew that it would be convenient for me to be located in Seattle while I was training. So that's fantastic. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. So that kind of leads me into my next question. Talk about your experience at the university of Washington. Like what was it like being a student athlete there? I know they have a wicked, um, like they have a lot of really great, uh, student athletes and sports programs. Yeah. Like their football program is huge. So The whole culture of that place, basketball, yeah,
3: culture. That's the key word, I think. Um, I mean, it's like it's big time there. I didn't really understand what I was getting into when I signed the the scholarship, or even when I flew into campus. Um, I didn't really understand it all. Maybe until the spring of my freshman year, I kind of understood how big it was. When you know, with rowing, you know, in the fall, you don't you don't race. The winter, you don't race. It's the springtime racing season, and then. We were flying down for our first race of the year, our first competition in uh, San Francisco to race our kind of our tribal, the University of California, Berkeley, and the coaches making sure we all have suits to wear in the plane. And I, I don't have a suit. Like I didn't you know what well, this was a thing. Like, but it was like this is a business trip. It's not for fun, boys. Like you're here to represent this school. We're there to win. I think I went to Value Village and got a suit for thirty bucks. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't have been. You know, light enough, any GQ uh, <laughs> magazine covers or anything like that. But uh, I got the job. You know, it worked. You know, we had fun. And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. No, it's – it's. Um, they take their sports very seriously down there. As You know, Jamie, I know you know. So um, it was uh, just a great experience to go through that.
0: That's awesome. Um, did you guys have any – obviously, you guys travel to different uh, – I, I don't want to mess this up. What do they call it when you go to, like, different meets and stuff? It's not – I know in sailing they have regattas.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's called a regatta. Oh, it is yeah, called a regatta. It's sailing and rowing are similar. Yeah. Okay. So.
0: Um, did you guys have any kind of fun things, like camaraderie, like pranks you guys did? Um,
3: yes and no. Um, so with rowing, I mean, there's so few opportunities to actually compete. Right. I mean, on one hand, so on the national team, we would only compete in like three regattas a year. So there's no real time for pranks. Um, with... The University of Washington, we would compete maybe five, six for God is a year if we were lucky. Right. So there's no real like prank time. It really was business trip over the course of the weekend we were competing, whether it was at home or away. However, the freshmen at Washington, they've had a, a, a very awesome tradition in my, in my opinion. Some people might disagree. A uh, bit of a story behind this one. So in 1936, the University of Washington team went to represent the USA at the Olympics. Nice. And they were an underdog team. They were Anybody here read The Boys in the Boat or heard about the book?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely.
3: Yeah, it's a really great read. It's a true story about the University of Washington rowing team 1936. They were as blue-collar as you could get. They were lumberjacks, sons, and the like. They were a great bunch of guys, and they could move a boat very fast. And they went to the east coast of the U.S. to compete against, you know, the Princeton, the Harvard, the Yale boys, mm-hmm. you know, these different, different crops. You know, right. And they won. They, they won the national championship, which earned them the right to compete as the Olympic team for the USA in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. And they ended up winning the damn thing. So <laughs> the point I'm trying to make here is when they left to go and compete, the remaining guys at the school said, if you guys actually win, we're going to shave our heads. And then they won. So <laughs> the <cool>. tradition stands <laughs> to this day where all the freshmen are not allowed to cut their hair when they arrive on campus in the fall – so they grow their hair out all fall, winter, spring, and then the uh, spring break, um, the senior graduating class shaves the freshmen's heads.
0: That's...
3: Even <laughs> further, and this is kind of creepy. I love that. Probably that's gross. That's kind of cool. All that hair, I'm not even kidding you, goes into a pillow, and the pillow gets put into a display case.
0: That's wicked. I uh, think it's that's kinda cool. cool. It's yeah. kind of
3: weird. It's kind of old school, but that's a tradition, a long standing tradition I like that I that. participated in. I don't know if it still exists. I mean, things have changed a little bit in the last mm-hmm. few years, as we all know. But um, it's not Considered hazing It's not forced upon anybody It's more of a badge
1: of honor
0: That's awesome That's really cool
1: It's not a really big hazing ritual Like it sounds kind
0: of That's like an awesome awesome That's That's an awesome tradition I think we should shave Webb's beard After COVID ends And make a pillow out of it (laughs) <laughs>
2: make two pillows
0: out of that. <laughs> I got some I
2: product in here right now. It's,
0: it's soft. I'm gonna have a king size bed in my new place, and I going to. I could make two pillows <laughs> out of your beard, but like <laughs> a duvet duvet yeah. cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Robbie. That's a really cool tradition. I think yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. um I did hear a rumor. I don't know if this is true. You can confirm it for me. Sure. Uh, that you you went to school with Nate Robinson. I basketball player. did
3: go to school with Nate Robinson. That's cool. Nate Robinson might not have gone to school with me. But <laughs> I remember going to school with Nate Robinson. And I remember, so it was really cool actually walking around campus as a young kid, Kingston, 18, 19 years old. And it just so happened that that year the men's football team was, they were having a rough go. I mean, there's a bit of a backstory to all that, but they weren't the team on the campus. It was the men's basketball team. They were ranked mm-hmm. number one in the country. They were number one seed going into March Madness. And Nate Robinson was the guy he was there via you know he was their m v p sorry and uh to watch him play basketball was i mean to this day I stand by this he's i think he's the most athletic guy I've ever seen in person compete in a sport i mean i he dunked over like a six foot ten guy i think it was from arizona that and he year. was like
0: five nine wasn't he five like nine he like on a that. good day yeah, yeah. like maybe um, even five eight
3: he even played um he played uh, starting safety, I believe, for the football team is freshman. Year. Oh, really? Yeah, he was a dual, dual athlete. athlete yeah. Unbelievable! And,
0: that's uh, awesome.
2: Yeah, at that he, level,
0: just I not a like box. Exactly. Just well,
1: not yeah, a boxer. Got to give him respect. Just not a big boxer.
3: No, oh,
0: poor guy. Yeah, yeah that was a a tough one. For him. Yeah. No, but that's a, that's really cool. That's really cool. Did so? Were you guys like when you were on campus? Did you did you guys mingle a lot with the other uh, athletes? Um, I know when I was playing, I played at Clarkson. We became really fast friends with the baseball team. We were just right off the bat. Hockey guys, baseball guys, we were all over each other.
3: Just to some degree, we did. Um, the thing with the rowing team, especially at Washington, was it's a it's a massive squad. Yeah, I mean, you've got um like you've got like forty plus, maybe forty five, fifty varsity row, male rowers. Then you've got like twenty Holy freshman wow. rowers. Wow, it's like you know. And then you've got the women's side as well, equal amounts. So I had no idea that. So all of a no sudden, you're looking over many? 100, 130 rowing team athletes that are training every day. So oh. the rowing team dwarfed any other team on campus. Really? Um, so there's a lot of mingling going on between ourselves, um, but we all dined in the same hall. So dining, you know, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, we're all athlete dining hall in the boathouse. Cool. So all the athletes mm-hmm. came down to the boathouse, which is where the meal was served, and it, you know they invested like I think it was like twenty one million dollars to build this boathouse. My freshman year got completed. It was it's amazing to this day. It's the best rowing boathouse I've been to on the planet. Nothing even compares to it. It is unbelievable.
0: That that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. I had no idea that, that, yeah. that, that there were the, that many uh, rowing athletes on your team. Yeah. So that just shows you how difficult it is to for to rise to the top of the sport, even in your own school.
3: Yeah. So yeah. the internal
2: competition would
3: be pretty high. Oh, it certainly was. It was every single day. I mean, Holy. there was no off days. There was no off strokes for that matter. I mean, there was mm-hmm. guys from all over the world that were there. There was, I mean, we had like U.S. military guys on the team. Um, just some pretty hard nosed mm-hmm. dudes. Wow. And, um, but everyone's there. It's camaraderie. Everyone's there for the same purpose. I mean, you you compete against each other, you know, and then your buddies right after. So right. it all, of course, it all works out. You guys know all this. Like
0: that's so, incredible. Wow. Um, so, from your experience at uh, University of Washington, you were competing also in uh, for Canada in other events, right? During that time, is that correct?
3: Yeah. So I I'd, I'd be in school from September through June, and then after the national championships, um, I would you know like I said earlier take the ferry up to Victoria, and I would hop on to the national training squad in Victoria, and you know, try out for the team, whether it was initially the under 23 national team or then eventually mm-hmm. the senior national team. Um, and I'd be in Victoria from June through early August, and then we would go and compete in Europe. And then I might get a week back in Kingston if I was lucky before, before I, I'd go back out to Seattle in September. So wow,
0: that's busy. That's yeah, crazy. it
3: was that the years really flew by. It really, uh, there was no real off days ever. Um, there's no off time. It was
1: it was pretty full on for a for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So Rob, how many guys are coming out to that Canadian tryout in those teams? Depends. I mean, it, it changed through the years. I mean, back
3: from 2000 and f- when I was there, 2004 through 2012, it was the head coach was his name was Mike Spracklin, and he is as old school as old school gets. And his philosophy, his his um, his his kind of practice was that anybody could show up. You could show up, you could show up, you could show up. We could all show up tomorrow. And you could attempt to just keep up with the team while they trained. And if you can keep up, you're kind of welcome to stay. If you can't keep up, well, you kind of you figure it out by yourself or you get asked to leave. And it, the system just kind of worked for a very long time. Uh, and it produced it produced results. Every summer, he, got a, he <clears> got a medal at the World Championships with at least one of his crews. Um, at the Olympics, he always produced as well. And then in 2012, unfortunately, he was – he wasn't fired, but he wasn't rehired after, even though we produced a silver medal. A lot of backstory behind that. I won't get into that now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, he was. Uh, he was a very good coach. So he, he is a very
1: good coach. So
0: nice,
1: very cool. That's yeah, so awesome. two two things I wanted to touch on: the University of Washington story. Sure. Uh, are we surprised that a guy named Schmitty is going to pick you up and take your like, <laughs> <laughs> Have you? I've ever met a guy. Who's Schmitty is not cool <laughs> as fuck. Like, let's be honest. Schmitty's yeah. never going to let you down. Exactly. You it's know what? Uh,
3: Schmitty is a guy that if he was sitting right here right now, he'd be the life of the party. Um, okay. He's from he's from Michigan, just outside. He's from Gross Eel, Michigan, outside. Denver. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I know. That's it's a bit of a
3: minor story here. I, I moved in with him my sophomore, my second year there, and. um, uh, the school the school was starting on Monday. It might have been like the Thursday prior. He's like, "What are you doing this weekend?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just unpacking." He's like, "Do you want to go to Michigan?" I'm like, "Sure." He's yeah. like, "Yeah, hey, we're leaving in 20 minutes. We're getting in the car." <laughs> so me and a, me and two buddies went on a three day road trip to Detroit and back. That's and amazing. Just to drop a car off and then pick a car up to drive it back. Um, you know, we probably should have died 15 times in the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple close calls. Good old but, Schmitty
0: uh, will get you there.
1: Yeah, I know he's a he's a beauty. So that. Yeah. University of Washington NCAA basketball team, four NBA players on it. Who? Brandon Roy. Being oh there. God, Brandon yeah. Roy, so uh, Will Conroy, who kind of had a cup of coffee, and Bobby Jones.
0: Bobby uh, Jones is solid. Bobby yeah. Jones, yeah, Yeah, yeah. nice. Brandon done. Roy was. He was so talented. good. Just absolutely a, injuries. Terrible, terrible story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was. He was a stud. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Leading in. So. Obviously, you're building this success, you're doing so well there, you're competing for your country as well, and it leads into the Olympics experience. Were you still at UW when you were, for your first, you were uh, alternate, right, for the 2008 yeah.
3: one? Yeah, I was the alternate, um, I was one of two alternates for that for that men's eight team that won the gold, and the men's pair that won the silver. Um, yeah, so I'd done my three years at Washington, and yep. then we, actually the third year, we won, we won undefeated, we won the national championships, and then Me, and another Canadian guy, said we were going to, um, you know, we were going to redshirt the year and uh, train for the Olympics. So the coach supported it. He said, "Yep, you know, you have our blessing or whatever. So we went up there and we did it for the full year. Um, I ended up getting in the men's four, which hadn't qualified yet. So we had to go to Poland in, I believe it was the month of June, to try to qualify. We missed out by... The smallest of margins. It was like less than a second in qualifying. The Australians were first. The Chinese were second. Then we were third. So we didn't get to qualify the men's for to go compete in Beijing. But then I got to go to Beijing because I I got deemed the alternate. So it was a great experience. I think I was 21, 22 at the time. These um, you know these these guys that ended up winning the gold and the silver. They were just absolute units. They were veterans. They were there with a purpose. They had all. Been to the Olympics before, more or less, and um, a lot of them had had an upset previously in Athens in 2004. So mm-hmm. they had been, you know, kind of scorned in a way by the sport, and they were not going to let it happen again. They went there with right. a purpose. They weren't interested in the media. They weren't interested in the the bullshit that comes with the Olympics. Part of my language, but um, all business. They went there and they were all business, and they took care of business in you know impressive fashion. So cool. it was cool to see that and kind of take some mental notes, and then also to kind of you know. Party with them after. I mean, it was a really good time. I mean, yeah. we had a we had a, we had a lot of fun in Beijing. They am uh, still good buddies with a lot of them. So
0: that's cool. So yeah. were those guys? Would it be safe to say that they were kind of like mentors for you in, oh, in your journey?
3: Sure. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, nice. I mean, like I was kind of mentioning earlier, like when we're on the water and we're training, like there's really no friends. It's really like you're there to beat everybody. Off the water, a different story though. They were, right. they were great guys. You know, I was I was a young kid on the block, and they were they were awesome. So,
2: so an Olympic Village, twenty one years old, <laughs> walking around, hanging out, <laughs> seeing things. I'm sorry, that's got to be quite an experience
3: in itself, just to look around and see everything. Yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, it's it's. I mean, the three, you know, Beijing, London, Rio. Like mm-hmm. Beijing was was a lot of fun. I kind of like stuck away with some accreditation. I kind of had partial accreditation that turned into full accreditation somehow. Okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't really have been allowed in there because, sorry, um, the first week of like when we're rowing the, the competition, we are staying at a hotel close to the venue. The, the venue is actually about an hour outside of Beijing, mm-hmm. much like it was in in, uh, in London as well. We stayed at a hotel there too. So. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, the competition's over and um, we got to go into the village. Um, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you got 10,000 athletes from all over the world. Um, it's a very exclusive place. You can't buy your way in there. Um, it's like airport security times two, maybe three. Um, there's, there's all the food you can eat. There's pools. There's big open spaces. It's everyone's friend. It's it's a really cool place to be. That's awesome. So that's cool. Yeah. But there's no partying. There's no partying in the village. People kind of get this confused. The partying yeah. and the fun and all that jazz happens outside of the village. Inside, it's a it's a very much, it's a respect thing. I mean, right. people recognize that people are still competing. They've dedicated their lives to it. It's a very quiet mm-hmm. place after after the sun sets. It's not loud or rambunctious or anything like that.
0: So. That makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. You're, you mean you spend four years training for something. You're not going to want to mess yeah, it up for someone else. Yeah,
3: like, no, it's, I mean, it's very it's very <clears throat> much respected. So.
0: Yeah, makes yeah. a lot of sense for sure. Um, what, what did you notice between that experience when you were the alternate and then going to London, and you know, basically each year, what what were some of the things you learned over those courses, like lessons moving into the next? You, you talked about um, those guys they'd been scorned before.
3: Yeah, You know I think just just simplify. I think just um, how important each competition was because, like mm-hmm. I was saying earlier, when we were chatting around like there was only you only get a handful of competitions a year, even if you're lucky. Um, Sometimes you you might be minorly injured or whatever, and the coach might not want you to compete just to preserve you for the world championships. So you might get one race a year. Um, So the thing that I picked up about Beijing was just how serious it was and how you just can't take it for granted. You've got to, I mean... You, like months in advance, you're walking up and down the stairs holding the handrail, so to speak. Like you're not taking any risks. You're not going to twist your ankle. You're not going to do anything. You're, you're putting your seatbelts on and making sure it's buckled in. Like mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. you become hyper aware of your daily activities and not and just to preserve your health. Um, so maybe that's what I took from it. You know, going into Beijing, I was you know my early twenties, late teens in a lot of ways, and I wasn't thinking that way. But then I saw how serious these guys were taking their approach into. Into this one final, you know, competition, I, it it hit me It's how serious you got to take it. So, I think I learned a lot from from watching them.
0: That's so, cool. Yeah, that's awesome.
3: You know, you take it out of that is
2: how you talked about like the risk assessment almost. Oh man, I you never yeah. even thought of that. What you're thinking? You're like, I put so many years into this, and I'm just assessing you put every
3: little everything into <clears throat> it. Yeah, your diet becomes paramount. Like, there's no. There's no real beers going on. There's no late mm-hmm. nights. Your sleep becomes so important. Um, hydration, nutrition, everything—it all comes into play. It's not just your actual training time on the lake or on the machines or in the gym. It's what do you do off, off hours? You know that's what makes the big difference. That. Right. And the more you do it, the longer you do it, the more you realize how important it becomes.
0: So. Oh, absolutely! Your body's yeah. a temple.
3: That's exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, like, what's your purpose? Like, what are you trying to accomplish here? Are you nine okay. to five, or are you twenty four seven? Right, so
0: like you get one shot at this thing. You yeah, get one shot every four years to yeah. really dig in here. That's yeah. just just the amount of like mental toughness and and pressure that is. I'm I'm like a pussy when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had I had 70 when I played in the minors. I had 72 games. If I had a shitty game, I would just be like, whatever. I'll drink 12 beers tonight and forget about it. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> yeah, no, being uh, having that much like
1: it's the discipline yeah. factor, right? Like yeah. that's what's it's crazy to me. It's so like, it. like like I always find it so amazing listening to stories like that. And then you think about like your daily routine, right? When you're in training, especially and just like totally every nutrient, every macro is probably accounted for, every single yeah. minute of the day is accounted for, whether it's sleep or
0: working out or hydrating or well that's how you that's you how you look like this guy. Does. That's what I mean. Right? <laughs> It, I know this. This happens to be the first time in a while that we're not on Skype. You, you ladies don't. Yeah, you're, a missing to look it. At this. you're missing <laughs> sorry, out on. Sorry it. About that. We'll, we'll we'll have it on our uh, we'll have it on our episode art when we oh. we'll have it on our episode art when we post it on uh, our social. So don't worry, you'll you'll get a little taste there. You but. don't have
3: to look
0: at us anymore. <laughs> uh, I, going sorry. into
3: London, I I thought I had good nutrition. I thought I had a handle on it, but I you know. There's so much more to learn, and every body is different. Every single human body like requires different, right. you know, different intakes. So I, I I got a lot more knowledgeable about what I was in, you know, ingesting into my body to recover and stuff between 2012 and 2016. So it never really stops. Like I'm sure if I was continuing to train right now, I'd be learning even more. And the science is so impressive; it just keeps improving and improving and improving. The records keep going up or faster
1: or whatever. So. So That was going to be kind of a a segue question for me because you hear all these like horror stories all the time, especially here in Canada, right? Uh About like the Canadian Olympic Committee or whatever they are and like basically that we don't do enough for our athletes in in terms of supporting them financially Mm -hmm. or with training or with nutrition and science and all that stuff. Like how did – how would you say your experience was with all that?
3: No, that's a a great question. Uh, It it improved drastically through the years. Mm -hmm. Like – Towards the end, I would say I don't know what else I really could have asked for other than a bigger paycheck. Yeah. Um, and that's if you would ask anybody, no, no one is doing it for the money and no one's doing it for the fame because I mean let's be honest, it's, it's rowing. Like it's not exactly like you know the hundred meter finals here. But between 2004 to 2016, 17, when I when I when I retired, um, it, the funding improved drastically. I think a big part of it was the Vancouver Olympics in 2010. Um, you know the Canadian, the the Canadian Olympic Committee took a different approach, and it was uh, Canadians are no longer going to be apologetic about winning a gold medal, or they're not going to be, oh no, you win the gold, and I'll get the bronze or whatever. It became, a, no, we're gonna we gonna go here, and we're gonna we're gonna just turn some heads, and we're gonna be unapologetic, and we're gonna be very aggressive in our approach, and they did it. The Canadians in 2010 Winter Olympics, they crushed it. They had a yeah. phenomenal Olympics, mm-hmm. and that that kind of resonated with us going into 2012 I and mean, we kind of fed off of that and the funding was there. The support was there. All of a sudden we had, you know, we had nutritionists for the first time. We had chiropractors and doctors and all these, like we had first class seats on some flights sometimes. I mean, all of a sudden everything kind of changed. There was bonuses. If you, if you did well, um, there was more, there was more support money here and there if you, if you needed it. Um, so everything kind of changed through the years. Um, yeah, we, we grew up, you know, in the 90s. I'm sure it was a lot of, like, the USA, USA, and and it was. But things changed with the late 2000s, and I was very fortunate to be a beneficiary of that. Yeah, cool. so, nice. Very cool. People don't really realize it, but that's, I mean, how, how could they? I mean, how, why, why would you? So, I mean, it, it comes around every four years, and and we're, we're fine with that, but no one really understands, like, the day in and the day out. So, yeah, it is what it is.
0: I, so, you've traveled all over the world. Like we went through your resume earlier and like, I'm yeah. still out of breath from that, but you've got to get the cardio. Up I, this week. I, I'm going to need, like, I'm going to need would... like the old oxygen tank here going. So uh, <laughs> you've, you've traveled some pretty cool places all over the world. You mentioned like you went to Beijing, you've been, yeah. you've been to London, you've been all these different places and you've, you've clearly been And beforehand. We were talking, you and I were talking about Slovenia cause we've both been to some <laughs> right. cities in Slovenia uh What are some of the hidden gem places that you've been around the world uh and talk a little bit about that
3: yeah sure no i've been very fortunate to travel i mean that's one of the big bonuses to being a, a rowing athlete is uh you know for starters, rowing isn't very isn't as big in North America as it is in say Europe so um the majority of the competitions are are being held in Europe, so mm-hmm. we would travel quite a bit um yeah, no, I was lucky. Um, I would say one of the hidden gems would be Japan. That was a really unique opportunity. So we went to uh, Gifu, Japan, for three week for three week training camp prior to the Beijing Olympics. Um, you know, partially to be uh, get accustomed to the uh, the time zone, and then also mm-hmm. probably even more important was to get accustomed to the humidity, the heat, and the humidity. Kifu, really? Japan is the hottest place I've ever been in my life. It would have really? been sometime in July of 2008 and just like like almost comically warm at all times. And <laughs> a lot out no? Guys yeah. were running from the hotel to the air conditioned van <laughs> <laughs> to the point where guys were only wearing um, ice vests anywhere they were outside. Um, Seriously? They oh did wow. a lot of like a uh, sweat loss tests, the nutritionist oh, back then. Gosh and, man. um, you can imagine eight eight large men. I mean, eight guys, six five ish, two hundred and twenty five pounds ish, plus the ninth guy, the cox in there. You know, on, on a ninety minute session, middle of the day, middle of the Japanese sun, and then they get to the dock, and everyone's exhausted, whatever. And then you get out of the boat, and then you pick the boat up to put it on the racks, and it would be like a giant sixty foot bathtub of sweat. Oh. down on everybody oh. and there is no excuse you can't hide from it you can't try to deke it. because
0: you guys were oh my god it man. is i
3: mean i i never was part of that because that was the, the, <laughs> the i got to watch it and I, <laughs> but guys will Guys were losing up to two, two and a half kilos of sweat a single session. Kilos? Oh, kilos. Oh, yeah. I'm oh not kidding you. It was very hot.
0: So, so the guys were, were like starting to see like yeah. delusions on the water while they were out there probably. I
3: just realized the question you asked of some hidden gems and I'm not really selling Japan right now. <laughs> no. That story, is, that story is amazing. It's I'm like weird. weight loss. Yeah. In Japan. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Japan uh, I, I really enjoy Japan. It's like a, it's a different culture. It's like cool. a new planet in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, it's a cool place. Slovenia, like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fairy tale. It is. Bled Slovenia Beautiful. is Beautiful. a magical place. Um, it's the lake we compete on um, has the only island in the country, which is kind of cool. And on this island, there is a like an ancient church. I don't know how old it is. So Might be a couple hundred years old. But Beautiful. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then on top of that, you know, it's a it's a natural two thousand maybe twenty one hundred meter lake, so it's perfect for rowing. Very flat water, and then there's like a three hundred foot cliff. With, like, a castle on top, and I'm talking wow. like a Disney castle, it's like beautiful. it's like a princess castle. It is, it's a really special place. Um, and I had a couple bronze medals there, and I got a bronze medal there at the World Cup in 2010 in the men's four, and then again in 2011 in the men's eight to qualify the men's eight for the Olympics. So, we had a lot of fun there afterwards. Um, and on top, even on top of that, I'm just the memories are coming back right now. All of the hotels. <laughs> are at the start line of the lake. So you could sit on your balcony and watch the races go down the course. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool to be an athlete in Bled, Slovenia.
0: It's, it's a fantastic. beautiful place. The last time I was in Bled, I played over there when I was in the Austrian League, and uh, I got kicked out of the game for head checking. I hit. <laughs> they had... Uh, <laughs> They had uh, back a lot of teams in Europe. Like they'll have like studs, and then their fourth line is usually a bunch of like young kids, like sixteen, seventeen year old kids. That's kind of how it is. Their their like fourth line got caught on with my line, and I put this kid in the next week. Basically, <laughs> got kicked out of the game. He's probably sixteen. I guess Jaren's
1: Grace in his inner Mark Shai. <laughs> I, I, I had a Mark Shaifley moment.
0: Uh That's got kicked into out. Out the game and I remember they were throwing like coffee and like beer or whatever yeah. it was on me while I was going down the tunnel. It was that was my blood ex- last blood experience. With you though, <laughs> but I love but I love yeah. before the game I remember like walking the lake and it was so beautiful. It was yeah. such a beautiful lake there. It's a special place. Yeah. very, so very where's the really
1: cool. where's the best I'll say party town you've gone to or party place you've been to while you were travelling. What was the best Ooh. what was the and like, you know, no Vegas or like any of that kinda like Sure. Yeah, like yeah. when you're part of the Olympic team after all the training, after everything, when when you're getting a little bit of downtime, where where's the best oh, downtime spot been? I could <laughs>
3: <laughs> So I'll try to So London was obviously really fun. We got a medal oh, and yeah. if you get a medal at the Olympics, you're kinda like a minor celebrity for a very short amount of time. And London was a lot of fun because you have VIP access to all these parties and all this stuff. So that was that was really cool. Um, Switzerland, we would race in Switzerland in Lucerne, Switzerland every year, and a bit about rowing. So there's there's three World Cups every every summer, and then there's the World Championships at the end of this summer. Mm-hmm. The third World Cup every year for rowing is always in Lucerne, Switzerland, because it's the best lake on the planet for rowing. It's perfect. It's up in the mountains. It's two thousand meters long. It's absolutely picturesque. You know, whatever. But after the competition's over, it's like all of the world's rowers would convene on this one bar called on the river, you know, like a mountain river, called Pickwick's. And it would turn into quite the, the fun night every single time without fail. So that was always fun. But probably the memory sticks out the most with me was the 2007 World Championships in Munich, Germany. And oh, everybody nice. went to this place called Hofbrahaus. I'm sure a lot of everyone's heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like quintessential german you know lederhosen and beer hall and lights and big jugs of beer and that was a really fun night we had a lot of fun there that's Uh, awesome
0: very very cool very cool um so i i want to jump into like since you since you've kind of stepped away from competing Mm -hmm. you've been doing a lot of things at the grassroots level which is awesome i always love when guys come back uh, or just athletes, not not just guys, girls as well. We have lots of great female athletes. I'm not trying to be an ass. I'm <laughs> um, sorry, um, but you you've been doing a lot of things at the grassroots level, a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Like how how has that been for you, and how has that um, how has that been for you in the sense that you've moved away from competing, but found something to kind of fill. The competing void because i know that's a thing for athletes is totally. like yeah. trying to find it's tough when you're done right yeah, like it's it tough when you hang them up yeah.
3: there's a bigger transition than i anticipated right i was warned about it by you know every single person yeah <laughs> but it's it's never an easy transition uh when i moved back to kingston i i started helping out i was a volunteer kind of assistant coach for queens the queens rowing team and mm-hmm. I think initially it was, it was too big of a transition for me. It was, I was frustrated with the athlete's approach. Like, why don't you treat this like you're an Olympic athlete? Like, why are you not here right. early? Why are you not be on time and trying hard every single stroke? And there was a lot of frustration. It was just a big jump for me. Yeah, but that's absolutely. fine. I mean, I still learned a lot as a coach, you know, trying to help out as I could with, with, that, uh, with that squad. Uh, since then, I've just been a bit of a volunteer coach at the club, helping out wherever necessary. Coaching a lot of high school kids, a lot of junior rowers and stuff. Uh, most recently, helping out a uh, kid Cole. Um, he is uh, a bit of a, he's got a bright future ahead of him in the sports. Um, he just recently made the uh, the Ontario team. As of next, he's 16 years old. As of next week, he's gonna start training with the Queen's rowing team. Um, he's really taken strides in the last, in the last year and, uh, just, just been a pleasure to be, be a part of his journey.
0: So that's awesome. That's really good. And it's so great when somebody of, of your ability your stature, your charisma, and again, the resume, like, like, and as you mentioned, like, you know what it's like to, to literally dedicate 24 hours a day. You know, to reaching your goals and things like that, and to be able to come back and 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 give back to to the rowing community and and to mentor young athletes that are trying to reach those goals. That's that's such a valuable asset to have, like in this val. And and I'm sure it probably helps you too to you know find the purpose beyond competing and stuff, because that's that's a really hard letdown sometimes.
3: Yeah. No, there's a lot so. of volunteer coaches that help
0: me on my path to my journey so right. if I can give back in the same way then I'm happy to. Such a cool thing yeah. uh, and one question I have le- leading out of that and and I'm not sure if you're comfortable talking about it but I know sure. that you just you and I have spoken about it that you have a pretty awesome and exciting opportunity coming up. Yeah. Um, if you're comfortable.
3: Oh yeah no of course yeah no uh so in August I'll be moving out to Nassau Bahamas to uh to be, to be, I'll be a teacher at a private school down there. But the main incentive is to be a um, get a rowing program going for this this school. So I'll be the director of a rowing program, so and cool. um, there's a there's an Nassau rowing club. But this school is trying to get they have a tennis academy and a golf academy, and they're trying to get a rowing academy going. And they've kind of charged me in a lot of ways, or hired me to be the um, the lead dog in this sense. So I'm going down there, and I'm just going to do the best I can and try to help them. Uh, Get a rowing academy fired up down in the Bahamas. What so, a town! So cool. <laughs> We've
2: had some good nights in Nassau. I'm not gonna lie to you. I <laughs> yeah. had some colleagues and some sands down there. It is a great town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. It. it really is.
0: Very, very very cool, cool town. Awesome. So, yeah, very awesome. Oh, no, it's
3: a good opportunity. What a great um, opportunity! Yeah. So,
0: and they, and they're they're in for a treat because you're an awesome guy and that's really nice, cool. Man. Yeah. Appreciate it. So really, great. really cool. Thank you. Let's dive into some lighter stuff. Right Let's, I'm going to yeah. take you off the hot seat. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I know you've probably been asked a lot of those questions, of, and, I, and we really appreciate you coming on and, and, and telling people about yeah, the sport no, of rowing it. and talking about your journey. That's really cool, and I think it's amazing. I, I've known you for a while, and I, I didn't know a lot of the in-depth stuff that you just talked about. That's pretty awesome. You're a pretty humble guy. You're one of the most humble guys I've met, so uh, I really appreciate you coming and opening up tonight. You know, our podcast is about sports movies so now we're gonna get a little lighter here and we're gonna we're gonna
3: <laughs> we'll to get you in the heart hot seat next time yeah Perhaps we're gonna, gonna probe, stories too
0: we're gonna probe you about some <laughs> some fun stuff now um and jump in jr and webb if you have some funny questions you want to ask about this i'll start one off tell us about your favorite sports movie and and maybe give us our your top five
3: sure yeah so you know i was. Had the foresight because you gave me the uh, the heads up here. I so had d- a little, a little <laughs> list here. Oh, good. So good. I didn't want to uh, come empty-handed. So top five, in no particular order. Uh, <laughs> remember the Titans.
0: Nice. Everyone can appreciate Sheboy that. Boy
3: Boone, right? You Coach know? Boone.
0: That's a great pick.
3: And number great pick. two, which I mentioned to you maybe a year ago, six months ago, and it's you know it might not be the top five, but I'm going to mention it. It's called The Boy in Blue, and that's oh. a true story. Um, it's yeah. by Ned Hanlon. The sorry. He's <clears throat> Ned Hanlon, the Canadian rowing champion, uh, by, played by Nicolas Cage. It's Nicholas Cage. Pretty cool movie, yeah. Nicolas no way. Cage. Yeah, it's like in his early twenties. He's absolutely shredded in the movie. We got to do this movie, though. You know, okay, uh, we got to put it on the radar now. Back in this, in the time this movie was made, or sorry, not made, but um, when this was going on, uh, rowing was much bigger than it is now. It was mm-hmm. big on betting. A lot of betting was going on. So really, anyways, uh, number three, Rudy. Um, yeah, Rudy. It's yep. I a love Rudy. good movie, right? That's, that's
0: right. my number two all time.
3: Number four. This might throw you guys off. When we were kings.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ali. Yeah, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yep. that's yep. a good one.
3: Yep. That's a I, have good movie. That's I have the a good I have
0: the book that that's based on. It doesn't yeah. get
3: a lot of uh, you know airtime here. Very very anywhere, good movie. But uh, no, it's a good flick.
0: Excellent um, flick. It's
3: on the list. We haven't done it yet.
0: It's an excellent movie. Excellent.
3: Number five slash number six. I'm going to get a two for here. Uh, Forty-two.
0: Yes. Robinson. Yes. Great movie. Web loves it.
3: Squeaking in as well. Mystery Alaska.
0: Yes. <laughs> love Don Beebe.
3: Underrated. Underrated, Underrated. <laughs> hockey movie. <laughs> that's,
0: a, that's one of my favorite hockey movies. I love it. It's good. It's Always love that. That. Don Beebe. Yeah. Skate the lake. Love it. Not bad at <laughs> good all. pick, Robbie. That's a good list. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good list. <laughs> that was, I didn't do that. I if you if you had to pick a really overrated sports movie, do you have any one that's like overrated? and You're like, okay, people always bring this up, but I don't think it's that good.
3: Overrated sports movie? Oh man, I don't know. I love all sports movies. That's that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Nothing comes to mind
1: right now. Um, I'm sure if you gave me five minutes and another- Web,
0: what do you got? Give us one.
1: Well, I'm going to help Jamer out of here. I'm going to go with Gordon Bombay.
0: <laughs> just as your ducks fly <laughs> okay. together, but Yeah, I've got I've I like okay. okay. I hate on Mighty I'm going to go on I like, I, I, I like Mighty Ducks. I like Mighty, gonna ducks, actually, Mighty
1: ducks.
0: I'm going to go on for about a minute here. I'm just going to I'm not going to go too long. I'm going to go 1 minute. <laughs> I like I like the Mighty Ducks movies because they're fun and you can laugh and they and you can watch like I watched it with Cleo. She loved them the thing that and i when i put my lens on for when we're scrutinizing sports movies the reason i scrutinize it is because it's completely unrealistic and there's like 8000 things that makes it unrealistic at the end of the day i'm just like no i love it it's a great movie i love it it's heartwarming yeah Major
1: League 2 is still better than Major League 1 there. No! <laughs> no, it's not. That's a bad pick. Not at all. That's a bad pick right there. Absolutely Shake not.
0: Shake your head.
2: Robbie, what's <laughs> a uh, over and over again movie you could watch multiple times or a few times a year? If it came, if it comes on the TV, we talk about this all the time. Oh, if it comes on the TV
3: and you're sitting there on a Sunday afternoon. You're like, all right, I'm putting on And you're it's 4 o'clock, you're lounging out. Oh, man. Sweatpants. Pants. You've already got the day. top three. Number one, Rocky Four. Number two, Little Giants. Yes! <laughs> icebox. <laughs> oh, 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 icebox, baby. Number three, Mighty Ducks 2. Thank you. Yes.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Mighty Ducks 2 is the best one. Yes. I got to oh, say.
1: Oh, Little Giants. These guys are huge. Little Giants. You're like, Little Giants?
0: Come on. <laughs> I love Little Giants. They're it's a hell of a movie. Marriage, is that right? Hell of a movie. Icebox. Icebox. Icebox, icebox baby. Icebox. icebox. That's pretty you know good. it. You have encountered some incredible athletes throughout the years, no question. Is there any story that you think that's kind of like an underrated story people don't know about? Maybe that should be made into a sports movie. Other than your own story. No, my story does not deserve anything. That's a good
3: question. Give me thirty seconds and I'll get back to you on that.
0: Okay. What do you think of Webb's beard tonight? It's looking pretty, <laughs> it's looking pretty solid. I like the length.
2: The product really enhances the uh, body.
0: Do you do you use yeah. a beard oil, Webb? Yeah. I kind was going to ask you about is. that because your beard looks glorious right I've now.
1: I've got a I've got a good day, uh, oaky uh, scent going on right now, a little uh, cherry oak scent going Where'd on. Where
0: do you get your beard oils? I got a guy, I, got a guy. He holds it back. Okay, what do you got? Yeah, so sticking
3: with the rowing theme, not you know by choice, but because we're talking about it's um, Wow. No one here is probably familiar with the name Sir Stephen Redgrave. Anybody?
0: I don't think think so. so.
3: Yeah, no one is. Um, So he's a five-time Olympic gold medalist. Um, He's got a bronze medal as well. Uh, Five different Olympics, actually. That's That's insane. That's that's the big kicker in a power endurance sport, which which rowing is. Um, British guy. He's the guy that led the British team to its current success of what it is today. And his story is pretty cool. Um, you know, back when he had no funding, no anything, and he just won a gold medal, and then four years later, gold medal, and then he continued doing this, and it is no by no small feat, you know, it's like, it's a pretty remarkable story, it hasn't been duplicated, it likely never will be, um, he's just a monster of a man, and he's a humble man, and um, he really is kind of like, in a lot of ways, like, a godfather to the sport of rowing. And wow. He gets no credit. No one really understands who he is, but it's a remarkable
1: feat, um, accomplishment what he did. So
0: That's yeah. amazing. That's like, really cool. Like what
1: time frame were we talking here? Because I'm first... sitting there, I'm thinking oh, yeah. like Michael Phelps is probably like the I'll say most decorated. recognizable, sure. decorated, yeah. celebrated, maybe the, other than Usain Bolt. Olympic athlete of all time, could we say? Could we maybe? Oh, make yeah, oh rowing. yeah, hundred percent. Phelps, 100%. I mean,
3: Phelps
0: did is you know, yeah, all I, yeah. But
3: this is five different Olympics. But the thing with mm-hmm. rowing is you you only get you can't. There's only one event you only really get to compete in. Yeah, know? it's not so like you, it's, you
0: can do like Phelps would get five no, golds in a year, is, right? But yeah.
1: five Olympics, that's twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah,
0: and, I mean, that's insane. Think about how your body ages in twenty years. Yeah. I can't even get it of bed, and I'm. Under 40. I think his last one, last
3: time one gold, he said, if anybody ever sees him in a boat again, to put a bullet in his head. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. On, uh, like, on the podium, he said that. So. Yeah, he's like, my
0: body's um, dying.
3: Yeah, no, he's he has a remarkable story, and no one really under, no one knows it. So I that's think that's pretty cool to give him the credit um, the credit that he deserves. That's really cool. Early 1900s? No, no, late, 84, 88. Jesus. Oh, this was 92, 96,
0: 2000. Wow, that's... That, that, shit, no, dude. he did it oh. time that was
1: like... He was competing against
0: yeah, the, was, you know, like he clothes, was like, not competing against guys who like, were bagging groceries on no, yeah, like, no, against against the weekend like full time the guy working out. on the on Friday afternoons yeah just a big <laughs> monster broad-shouldered
3: British man so that's incredible
0: wow yeah. very very yeah. really cool yeah there's some so many stories that like pop out oh, there yeah. the other day I was on Twitter and somebody posted a story about this uh, back I think it was World War One maybe it was this russian sniper and it, i didn't even know they had like a women's division of snipers for the russian army and this woman they called her lady death and she had like 309 confirmed kills in world war 1 and she gets no credit no one knows about her nobody knows about her but although back then they she did a publicity tour afterwards cuz you know like with the russian army they like they really celebrate their war heroes, right? Right. And they, she did a publicity tour in like the U.S. and Canada, and like they like mocked her because over here we were just like treating like women; they need to be in the kitchen. That's one thing that Russia has always done over the time is that they've put women into the workforce way earlier than any of the other countries that did right. because they were just like it's a communist culture, right? right. That's what right. that's what that was about. But um, three hundred nine confirmed kills. She pretty pretty amazing i was i i got i went down you know you go down those like rabbit holes
1: oh you're oh, in a rabbit hole i was place. in a huge dra- oh, yeah. <laughs> you are in
0: one i spent a half oh, yeah. an hour <laughs> looking up russian snipers from world war one yeah. let say you're in beyond a rabbit hole yeah i might have been on the john i might not <laughs> have been what are you doing in there for way? so long <laughs> uh reading about russian snipers yeah bullshit you are <laughs> Uh, anywho, oh, I think yeah. that'd be a nice segue into... You came out uh, your beard was as long as Webb's. Yeah, really. I think that's a nice segue into our draft tonight, guys. Excellent. So tonight's draft, we are going to go with best sports movie coaches of all time. And we're going to give the honors to our special guest, Rob Gibb, do we, Gibbs. Do
1: we need to explain the draft, to Rob?
0: Have you heard enough? Oh, so yeah. So sorry, you know sorry. Draft, Rob? Yeah, sorry. So the way our draft works is... You're going to have first pick, and then it's going to go to our second, third, fourth, and then we're going to snake it. So we'll come back around. Gotcha. Uh, and then we're going to do three picks each. So that's how it works. Sorry, I should have I should have kicked that off with that. Oddly enough, we were talking this earlier, and I got to go with Coach Boone. Any given, yes. Sorry, sorry.
3: Um, Remember the Titans? Um, that movie stuck with me. I was a high school football player at the time, and uh, Coach Boone stuck with me. So he's my number one.
0: That's a great pick. Love Coach Boone.
1: Who can I go here that I can
0: cut Jamer and Jr's grass? You prick. You are. You're trying to look what I want to pick. You know what?
1: No, I'm going to go with, uh, because we haven't done the movie yet, and I know it's on our list, and I want to do it soon, so uh, I'm going to go with Pete Bell from Blue Chips. Good old Nick. Ooh, that's a hell of a pick,
0: Wab. Good movie. Great pick.
2: My first pick was actually a player coach. He's Cool Hand Luke he knows the color of money
0: damn right he is Uh,
2: on our tiktok he was overwhelmingly more popular than tom cruise boys and girls i asked on our tiktok who's cooler tom cruise or (laughs) paul newman guess who won paul newman reg dunlop baby slap shot player coach
0: that's a hell of a pick let the record show that grumpy web did not cut your grass (laughs) all right all right well you know what I mean, we've, we've we've done this movie, and I and I and I was kind of goofing around about how who might have actually been his coach before, but this guy, he does it for me. I love this franchise of movies. He's got the gruff voice. He's been through the wars. He drinks soup out of a coffee mug. I gotta go with my boy Mick, Mickey Goldmill, from the Rocky series.
3: Oh, nice!
0: What are we waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> Grease lightning. <laughs> yeah, so make
1: sure you actually tell the listeners who you think the real coach of Rock is.
0: <laughs> well, just as a joke beforehand, we were kicking around I'm like you could, like you could debate that Polly was actually Rocky's coach because you think about it, Rocky was in a rut. Polly hooked him up with his sister, that kind of lifted his spirits. And you know, and then Paulie brought him there and let him hit the meat. That kind of sparked him too. So Paulie had a lot of coaching going on there. whether you want to admit <laughs> it or not? No credit, doesn't he it? doesn't get any credit.
1: He's a bum. Everything's a bum. A bum. Everything's a bum.
0: He's a bum. bum. So I have to. Uh, I'm going to actually go off the radar here a little bit for my next pick because I got I got the next pick here. We're snaking it, and we were just talking about the Mighty Ducks franchise. Do you know what the most realistic Mighty Ducks movie is? It's actually the third one. The fact that these kids would be going to a prep school and being like the juvie team that's actually realistic uh, that's mm-hmm. a kind of a realistic scenario and actually they had the best coach for me in this movie which was coach O'Ryan. you remember uh he was tough on the guys he's trying to like get them out of their mickey mouse crap not to play a little pun there with the, with the disney series but um <laughs> and he's trying to teach them how to play the game the right way And then you see that whole thing where he's got the daughter that's in a wheelchair. He's a good guy, and the kids kind of come around to him anyway. He was a really good coach. I thought Coach Orion was was the best coach of that series, even though everyone loves Gordon Bombay. But we have some stuff to say about him on my YouTube channel, but here we go. go.
2: Okay, next pick. Uh, I'm going to go with a fantastic baseball coach. We would call a player's coach. Uh, Charlie Sheen we is on the record for loving this guy. He led the boys out of the locker room. He led the team to the bar every night. He knows white walls like no other. <laughs> I got to go with Lou Brown from Major League Boys and Girls. Great. Boys. Well, Charlie, I got to grab in the other line about some white walls. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with a Lou Brown. You will play hard for a Lou Brown. got them goddamn right you
0: will.
1: Solid pick. Solid pick. I mean, if we're going to go with baseball, though, we need somebody that's going to hook the boys up with some seeds and some chew. I'm going with... Not the head coach of the Chicago Cubs, but I'm going with his close second. I'm going with Coach Brickma. Brickma! Brickma. in the air, because nobody locks himself in a supply cage like Coach Brickma. you got to heat up the ice. <laughs> the best of both worlds. On ice? <laughs>
0: That's a solid pick.
3: Yeah. So I'm just looking here at my phone, and I don't know the name, but... Um, John Candy from Cool Runnings. Oh, Irv. Oh, Irv. Irv, yeah. yeah What's on, his name? Irv. 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 Yeah. So I like Irv because Irv... Uh, Irv Blitzer. First sir. You know, he was an athlete. Irv Blitzer, yeah, uh, yeah. He got a colorful checkered past. But he comes around and he does his best to lead the team. And uh, he does a fantastic job and he kind of makes the movies for me. So I got to go with Irv from uh, Cool Runnings. I
0: love it. I love that pick. All love pick. it.
3: All
1: right, you got your last one, too. We're back.
3: Staking so back, um, patches of Houlahan. Five and D's of a, dodgeball. He's a solid bronze medal number three pick right there. A great pick. Um, <laughs> you know what? What's the saying? You can duck, dodge dip, a wrench, you can dodge a ball, dodge, dip, dive, <laughs> duck, exactly. dot, and dodge. And he and he does. And uh, <laughs> you know he's kind of like comedic relief of the whole movie. I mean, every time he's in there,
1: he's just a beauty. So
0: great pick. That's a great pick.
1: I'm torn on this last one. Uh... Is that a pun? A little bit Earth There you go. No, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Gary Gaines from Friday Night Lights. Yes. Not as not as nearly as good of a coach as Coach T. No. But I oh, no. not Still solid, solid coach. I'm going with Gary Gaines. It's a good pick. pick. Very good pick.
2: My last coach, you know what I want results in Texas High School football. <laughs> I don't care if Wendell takes a needle. Get ready, Wendell. You're gonna get another one. No, um I'm gonna go with Bud Kilmer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Kilmer's coyotes. That guy builds programs, baby. Hey can't, You can't argue with twenty one district titles. He's got banners. He's got banners to back it up. I'm gonna go a little bit off the grid too. I'm going with my boy. He's gonna get you the finish line. Uh Harry Hogg from uh, Days of Thunder. Oh. crew chief Harry Hogg. I mean who can take a guy uh you know, a guy like Tom Cruise, open wheels, punk? And turn him into a, a Daytona winner. I mean, in one season, after nice, totally,
3: after Best getting tires.
0: yeah special tires going in that corner there, you know, Harry Hog. <laughs> That's my last pick here. Some uh, shout-outs here. Um, I think I got to give uh, one shout-out I wanted to give was Rome's Romeo from uh, Tin Cup. Oh, <laughs> I got I got Coach Carter just because of uh, how much I like him. Yeah, uh, boys, Mister Miyagi. Oh, yeah, what about Beggar Vance? Randolph Juno is a mess. There's no way he's even competing in that tournament. If it's not for Beggar Vance. <laughs> good, good draft this week, boys. That was fun. It's, it's a nice good one. Good stuff. Well, tell them where to head us up, Web. All right. Thanks,
1: everybody, for listening and engaging with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And please continue engaging with us on Twitter at Big League Flicks, on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. You can check us out on YouTube and you can check us out on TikTok with uh, old uh, Reg Dunlop there. He'll, uh, <laughs>
0: we'll We'll <laughs> put a pick,
1: we'll put a poll up maybe. Who's a better looking uh, Reg Dunlop or our, our guest here this week?
0: Oh, that's a tough oh, one.
1: Robbie, you're going to win. Robbie, you're going to win
3: that
2: one.
0: It's a tough one. <laughs> Take All care right. everybody. Take care everyone. Thanks a lot, Robbie.
1: Thanks everyone. Thanks,
3: Robbie. Big league Flakes,
2: Jordan we're talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour. Got a cold beer parent for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing. Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things. Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady
0: sings?
1: Have a giggle. Comedy, drama, romance. Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants?
2: With their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics. Jordan Christian and Jammer with big league flicks. Jordan Christian and jammer with big league flicks. Jordan Christian and jammer.